the Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. Cranberry Radio proudly presents her strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, chief storyteller at Styled Retail, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, Condé Nast is creating Snapchat team for GQ Wired and Sell. This is an article by Sarah Gulani in Media Post, and you may have read it too. Condé Nast, which we know has been suffering for a while, shuttering some publications, really trying to do more of a digital push. Well, now they're putting a lot of their time and energy around Snapchat to reach those ever-elusive millennials. Uh, They apparently had been doing some Snapchat stories around events like Vanity Fair's Oscar Party and Glamour's Women of the Year Awards, and now they've said, we're going to create a team to create weekly content on the Snapchat Discover platform for three brands. Those three brands, of course, GQ, Wired, and Self. Now, Self has had an experience before with Discover. Um, They had actually done some distributed content around full screen articles, videos, photos, and vertical video advertising, all optimized for, for mobile previously. And then Time Inc. and Hearst have run multiple channels on the platform as well, as did publishers like the Washington Post, New York Times, and The Economist. So this is something that more and more publications, more and more publishers are doing. And uh, Frank Sanapia, who's the chief digital officer at Condé Nast, said the decision was inspired by, quote, fantastic results the company had with Vogue's Discover Channel launch just last fall. So Condé Nast has hired designers, visual editors, motion graphics specialists to work with each brand's editorial team. So keep a, a lookout for that if you happen to be on Snapchat. And if you're not, you might want to get on Snapchat. Our first profile today is the environmentally conscious woman, woman in their early 20s to early 30s, moderate income, uh, environmentally conscious, focused on buying organic, supporting green causes and companies. Nope, they don't have kids. They're employed part-time, making around $30,000 to $50,000 a year. Uh, They're very active in their community, active in their environment, um, concerned about social justice issues passionate about social initiatives and intellectually curious and um, really liking to switch things up, pursuing novelty and change just for the sake of novelty and change. Uh, And they consider themselves to be this. So where are they shopping? Well, they're shopping at a lot of places that you would think they'd be shopping at because the rest of America does. They're shopping at Williams-Sonoma, Ikea, to name a few. But they're also shopping Patagonia, L.L. Bean, Trader Joe's um, as well. We don't always see those brands pop up in the first profile. They're driving Volkswagen and Kia and Volvo. And they're purchasing things like Aveda, Avino. Um, they shop at Whole Foods, and they're very focused on uh, fair trade as well. When it comes to media, they're reading Vanity Fair, Shape. Real simple, W, Clamor, The Economist, and The New Yorker. So 
very prolific there and across lots of different titles, as you can imagine. And then they're online a lot as well. A lot of those are online companions. Um, our guest today is Michelle Sherman, and she knows a little bit about women being outside the norm, meaning in an area or industry that it's been more traditionally male. She's the principal of Bulletproof Communications, which is a marketing communications consultancy specializing in communication strategies, both in traditional and non-traditional avenues. Um, she created the Bulletproof Media blog back in 2009 as a way to share insights into outdoor TV world that she worked at for Sportsman's Channel. She's got more than 10 years experience in marketing communications and PR and outdoors has always been her, in her blood. She grew up on a working dairy and crop farm in South Dakota, uh, not far from the Corn Palace, if you know uh, the Corn Palace out there in the middle of almost nowhere. Uh, so she landed that Sportsman's Channel gig, and she's been in outdoors ever since. We're going to talk about women in outdoors and what that industry is doing to try to connect more authentically with female consumers in that emerging space. So stick around. Michelle Sherman joins me after the break. Her strings. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. Welcome back to First Strings. Joining me today is Michelle Sherman. She's a principal of Bulletproof Communications, a marketing communications consultancy specializing in communication strategies, both from a traditional and non-traditional standpoint. 
to increase awareness and participation in brands, events, and more. Michelle created Bulletproof Media Blog back in 2009, and this really came from her desire to share insights into outdoor TV world. At the time, she was working for Sportsman. She's had more than 10 years of experience in marketing, communication, and PR, and her client list is large. And, and you'll see a theme in her client list. They tend to be outdoorsy in nature, and that's what we're talking about today how Michelle was able to take a passion for the outdoors and turn it into a career, but a career that has been pretty much dominated by men. So I'm thrilled to have Michelle Sherman on the show today. Michelle, welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Maria. We've been talking about this for some time, so I'm thrilled to be on here. Well, I am thrilled that you were willing to come on with me and talk <laughs> about uh, all the wonderful things that you do for your clients. And, and, and what is kind of, I think, a somewhat challenging industry. But before we get into all of that, tell all the yeah. good listeners out there about Bulletproof Communications and, and really what you do. Yeah. So, you know, I started in the traditional corporate world working for the man and, um, and, and I did that for about eight years. And then we moved from Milwaukee, Wisconsin up to Minnesota and the Twin Cities and um, I thought I was going to work, you know, I, my girlfriends and I call it a big girl job, you know, where you go and you work eight to five, Monday through Friday, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought I was just going to get one of those jobs again. And then my boss at the time, I'd stay on just for a little bit longer. And, um, and so I did that. And then they're like, yeah, we don't really want to pay Minnesota employee tax anymore. So why don't you just open up your own consultancy? And I told him no. It wasn't something I wanted to do. I had no, I I was like, this sounds complicated. I, you know, I just wanted to go for my big girl job, you know? And, um, and then he came back to me like a couple weeks later and he's like, you know, I really think you should do this. I think you'd be perfect for it. You know, you have the experience. And so I looked into it more and I'm like, okay, well, this really isn't that big of a deal to establish an LLC and, you know, go to the secretary of state and, and it really isn't for anyone who wants to start freelancing or consulting. It seems like there's a big barrier, but it's it's truly not once you break it down. Um, so I started my own business and I picked Bulletproof because I just went through so much change in that eight years that I was with Sportsman Channel. I went through three CEOs, one of which, by the way, told me never to use the word thrilled in a press release. <laughs> 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 He's like, never, tell, never, ever put that I am thrilled to be working with someone or I'm thrilled or whatever. Like, he just hated that word. So I like to use it every so often. Every time I use it, I think of him. But uh, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, I kept I kept Sportsman Channel as a client. I still work with them to this day. I, I like to kid that I know where all the dead bodies are buried because I've been with them for so long. Um, and then I started working with other really outdoor TV talent in the space because I worked with them at the channel and became, you know, close friends and good friends. And once I struck out on my own, they're like, well, Hey, we could use your help for this, that, and another thing. And, and so my business just sort of grew just, it just happened, which I know it just, it, it, it's, that's not the story for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> but that's not. my story. <laughs> no, it's a good story too. I mean, I think having your own employer tell you that you should really go start your own thing out of love, by the way, not because they want to get rid of you. And 
the fact that um, and you had this skill set that managed to like organically grow your business. You're right. Not everybody has that opportunity. Um, But I want to step back to the fact that, you know, you were starting at the network focused on outdoor at a time when, you know, there weren't a lot of niche networks out there. There were just a few. And, you know, it sounds Mm -hmm. like that that network too was really dominated by men. Talk a little bit about that experience. You know, it was probably one of the most unique experiences one could ever have. I was 28 years old. We moved to Milwaukee because of my husband's job. So I was just scouring the papers. It took me four months to get a job. Um, And so that was 2004. So this is before the recession. And and I saw this. It was an ad in the paper of the cable network looking for a PR manager. And so obviously I answered the ad. I was literally the eighth person hired at Sportsman Channel in 2004. And it was me and a bunch of men. And it was, they all adored hunting. They all, the, the day I was, I actually came in for an interview. They were all going pheasant hunting that afternoon. It was just really funny. And the two owners, one had the money and the other one had the idea. And the guy with the idea already had a TV show on the competitor, which was Outdoor Channel at the time. And he said, like most inventors, most entrepreneurs, there has to be a better way. And so that's why he created Sportsman Channel. So when I started there, I had no guidance. I had no one to look up to. No one knew what they were doing because they they had no money. So they were hiring people that, I mean, granted, I had like five, four or five years underneath my belt of doing PR for, you know, entry-level PR for a previous company. But I never worked for a cable network before. I didn't know who to go after. So it was just everyone was scratching and clawing and just, just trying to figure it out. And so I think because we were all in that same boat, like we all kind of felt that camaraderie Mm -hmm. and we became a very close knit, you know, community. It was a lot of fun. You know, you look during the time you're like, Oh my God, this sucks. But when you (laughs) look back on it, you know, like, wow, those are really great years actually. Well, and I would say too, I mean, it was entrepreneurial in nature and starting your own we didn't seem that far flung because you had already kind of been part of something that was a startup and ended up being a successful one too. Uh, I mean, I yeah. think the whole outdoors thing has just really grown and grown and grown over the last several years. And we're seeing more women get into hunting, for example. Um, I was doing my research in advance of talking <laughs> to you and, um, you know, it was interesting to look at the numbers, right? So men are still the majority of U.S. hunters that nearly 14 million out there with 11% of all U.S. hunters being women, but that's actually up several percent over the last 10 years. Are, is this something that you're seeing for women getting into hunting and following that passion? or And why do you think those numbers are going up? I think it's always been there. But I believe now, you know, they measure that by licenses sold, right? Mm So I believe now it's just more women are seeing, part of it I think is more women are seeing others do it and do it well and, and are excited about it. And so they're like, oh, okay, well, 
you know, I can do this too, or I can do this with my husband or my boyfriend or my girlfriends or whatever it may be. Um, but I always think women, I always believe women were a part of it. Like, like I grew up in South Dakota, so I grew up in a hunting family. Like going out and shooting pheasants wasn't a sport. It was dinner. Mm -hmm. So I grew up, I really grew up shooting the pheasants because I had brothers and my dad did that. So it was kind of that typical, the men went out and hunted and the women cleaned, like I cleaned the pheasants. I don't know how many pheasants I cleaned in my life and, uh, and, you know, and prepared them. But I always felt like I was part of the process nonetheless. Yeah. And so I think more today you see a lot more couples. I, I do. I see a lot more couples where before it was like, you know, that whole widow's weekend thing, like, oh, the men went hunting and the women went shopping. And now it's like, well, I don't really want to go shopping. Like, I don't need anything. It's just a bunch of stuff anyway. I mm. want to go out and experience this with the guys and my husband, and I want to do stuff with him. Mm -hmm. So I've seen that more. And then the girlfriend aspect of it too. Like even me and my girlfriends are like, Hey, what kind of trip can we take together? Can we go out to South Dakota pheasant hunting? You know, what can we do? That's fun. You know, still involving the sport that we love, but not too, um, not too big, like going to Alaska bear hunting or something, you know? Right. Doable <laughs> on a, on a smaller scale. Doable. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we should say, too, you know, hunting isn't the only enthusiast kind of um, sport, right? There's there's fishing, there's hiking, there's rock climbing, there's many right. more of those kind of outdoor adventure sports that we're seeing women engage in, and the numbers, of course, you know, go up there, too. But, you know, you talked before about being, you know, starting the Sportsman's Channel, and people just didn't know what they were doing. You didn't, you didn't have women there that you could be really role models for you but but when it comes to women in these kinds of outdoor sports specifically what we were talking about hunting fishing um it feels like that we're starting to see other women being successful at this and do you think that's fueling maybe more women getting involved that they actually have female role models in the hunting and fishing fields I think, I believe so, because you see more groups, you see more segments within larger groups of women-led activities. Um, you know, years ago, there's a, a media firm called Women's Outdoor News that started, uh, and that, you know, it's it's been slow for her. She reports on hunting, shooting, fishing activities in the outdoors, and now she's really taken off, and I think it's because of people like her who who are reporting on and, and shining a light on these women who, you know, mamas who went and got their concealed carry license to daughters who are going out turkey hunting for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, just all of that, I think, is kind of is creating a snowball effect. And then I believe social media is just, especially Instagram. I mean, there's so many um, influencers now that are in the outdoor space that they don't have a TV show. They don't have a YouTube channel necessarily, but they're just posting photos of them out enjoying the outdoors and whether it be like you say, it could be kayaking, it could be rock climbing. And then, Oh my gosh, here I am turkey hunting. Now I'm back to, I I'm running a half marathon next month. And like, they're just so active and I just want to show every little piece of that, which is kind of new for our space. Like the outdoor space is, sometimes a little bit behind the rest of the world for whatever reason. <laughs> so, They're starting to catch so that up. whole like, 
Yeah, so that whole like Instagram influencer thing, like they're just companies, uh, major brands are just now looking at those people going, oh, maybe we should look at you. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas other companies I know were doing that, you know, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all about the influencer segment for sure. Um, I want to take a quick break, Michelle. When we come back, I do want to hear from you just because you are, you are in this space of talking to consumers and helping your clients talk to consumers and, and knowing that women are becoming more and more part of this outdoor enthusiast industry, kind of what you feel marketers should be doing to engage women in ways that feel right for the brand. Um, so definitely want to hear your thoughts on that. Hang out with me for a little bit. We'll get through the break and Purse Strings will just return in just a moment. Purse Strings. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. So you can reach us before and after every program. Located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Access the new Cranberry Radio live stream player at our website, cranberry.fm. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital. Purse Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. Welcome back. I've been chatting today with Michelle Sherman. She's the principal of Bulletproof Communications, a marketing communications consultancy that has a myriad of clients, a lot of them, though, in the outdoor industry. And we've been talking today about women getting more and more in in bigger numbers into the outdoor industry, whether it's hunting, fishing, rock climbing, kayaking, you name it. Uh, More and more women seem to be gravitating to it. And um, as Michelle said, uh, when it comes to influencers and the laggard when it comes to engaging influencers to try to connect with women, which brings me to my next question, Michelle, is, 
How do you feel marketers should be speaking to women who are participating in these sports? Is it any different, say, than maybe we speak to women in the fashion industry or the beauty industry? Kind of what, what's your point of view on that uh, tone of voice? Sure. I think every industry has its thing, and you just have to figure out what that is. I know you and I have spoken before about don't call them mommy bloggers, right? Mm-hmm. So in the outdoor industry, a lot of what I'm seeing now is that they don't want to be called women hunters or huntresses. They're hunters. So it's very similar to the mommy bloggers. They're not mommy bloggers. They're just bloggers. Yeah. So like I say, every every industry kind of has its thing and like every and, – and, and there's parallels there. You know, like we – Women are different. We want to be taken, you know, please do specialize to us because our the cut of the clothing is different. Our hands are smaller. The guns need to be smaller for our hands. Um, shoes and boots need to fit, you know, smaller in certain instances. But also don't segment us so far away from our male counterparts and, and try and put us into this whole different category. And that that is something that the industry is really struggling with right now it they used to create clothing for women or products for women and all they did was like mini them they mini sized them Mm -hmm. so they just kind of made a bow a little smaller or or cut a couple inches off some of of men's pants and call them women's pants it's like well that doesn't work because our hips are different you know you can't just cut a shirt down our waists are different our chests are different um so they're learning but it's taken them it's taken them a long time and then there was that whole pink debate many years ago pink was that that was the only thing like you could get pink guns and pink bows and everything and and, you know and and some women embraced it like there's some women I know is like I don't care what it is and buying it in pink and other women saw it as that is just a complete affront to me I, I cannot believe that you want me to go out in the woods with my male counterpart with a pink bow seriously yeah yeah so they're learning. <laughs> yeah, slowly but surely. And that whole pink is pinkinization of product was certainly a thing, you know, like seven, yeah. eight years ago. And it, some brands have just never gotten over it. But yeah, I mean, no. I think women women really want products that fit them that have been created for them. You know, I mean, now more than ever, I think that personalization of product is so critical. Um, so they don't want just like smaller versions of, and yet they don't want to be pandered to either. So it's kind of a, a delicate balance, but I bet you've yes. got some examples of some brands that are doing it well, if I know you. <laughs> you know, the women brands, there's one called Proist, which is spelled P-R-O-I-S. It's Gaelic, and I can't remember what it's Gaelic for. I think Gaelic for beautiful or something. Um she used to, she started her company eight years ago. So I've known her for many, many years. And um, she used to be in retail stores. And she realized that the women weren't shopping there, that they were doing their shopping online. And mainly thanks to Instagram and Facebook because of that. So she took all of her clothing from the stores and is now exclusively sold online and uses social media to her you know, best efforts there to, to sell her product and, and social media and then also utilizing those influencers, whether or not they write for a local magazine or paper 
or national magazine, or they're just an influencer on Instagram that happens to have a lot of followers in that space. Um, so she's doing a great job with that. And she only creates women's hunting clothing. Mm-hmm. So I have to give her props for that. There's a lot of companies that actually aren't doing a good job. I'll be honest with you because they hire a social media manager. They hire the social media person nine times out of 10, they hired him because, Oh, I'm a big hunter. I'm a big enthusiast in the space. And yeah, I could use social media. Mm-hmm. Well, more often than not, their knowledge only goes so far. And I, the thing is about a lot of these folks is that I don't really see them taking extra training. Like us as consultants, I am always on top of it. I'm always taking training. I'm always watching webinars. I'm always looking for like, what do I need to know so I can apply it for my clients? And when I see people working for the company, the corporation, you know, the corporation has to pay for that training. The corporation has to tell them what to do and they don't do it on their own. And so I think there's just this laggard of, well, it's good enough. Mm -hmm. We're we're doing okay. It's good enough. Mm -hmm. When the reality is they could be doing a lot better. So really who I see is doing the best are my world, I work in outdoor TV, it's really the talent themselves. Because these talent are entrepreneurs in of themselves. You know, they work for themselves, they have their own business. And so they're taking the time, what do I need to know? What's the next best thing on social media that to make me look the best that I can, you know, to my sponsors and my viewers. So I think the talent is really winning versus the brands in the outdoor space. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully the brands start to get their act together and they realize there's, (laughs) you know, money on the table. Money tends to talk really loudly, you know, figure that out. Um, Like I said, they're behind, you know, it's just, I feel like just now they're coming around going, oh, we really need to hire someone who knows their stuff in this position. Not, Mm -hmm. we don't hire a 23-year-old who's an avid hunter and, you know, just because they say they can do social media. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that kind of comes down to the next question I have is what medium do you think is most effective with connecting with her rather than what medium is most effective with connecting with her in this space? Since this space, this industry tends to be a little bit behind the eight ball. Um, Mm -hmm. Are you a big believer that Instagram is a great way to reach her? I, I do. Instagram and Pinterest. Mm-hmm. You know, they say men are visual, but I think, you know, women are just as visual. You know, that's why Pinterest took off for crying out loud. It was, we were correcting, uh, collecting recipes right and left. I mean, my recipe board, my God, there must be a gazillion recipes in there of, of maybe 10 I've used. Yeah, <laughs> of course. That's always the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and Instagram stomach, is just so right? easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just it's just so easy just to sit back and and scroll through your feed on Instagram and and Facebook is Facebook is getting too heavy for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, you know mm-hmm. especially after this political election, it just a lot of people left left yeah. Facebook completely because of it and um, I don't know if they're going to come back. Yeah, well there has to be a compelling reason and I think I don't know I think Facebook continues to try to evolve. And it's not going to go away anytime soon for sure. But I, I, I agree with you. I wonder, I wonder if um, it's going to sustain itself in its current 
kind of uh, set up, you know, I mean, there's, it's, it's, it is a venue where you can share more of your point of view for sure, rather than Instagram or Pinterest. But a lot of people gravitated to social media because it was fun, right. And frivolous and kind of, I don't know, mind numbing, Um, which of course, not the case right now. Um, Well, with the (laughs) few minutes we have left or about the minute we have, Michelle, um, you know, a lot of people listening today, um, I mean, they're listening because they want to understand how to best connect with women consumers, either how to woo them over to their brand or maybe their traditional male brand that's looking to try to gain awareness with female consumers. What any last words of advice might you have for those brands about how to really cultivate women consumers in, in your space specifically? Well, a lot of the mistakes that some of the clothing companies made is that they didn't ask for women's opinion until after they made the product. So they had the men or designers make the product and then they gave them to the women and said, well, here you go. Mm-hmm. That's not how you do it. <laughs> so, I mean, start a Facebook group, go on Instagram, find your influencers. You don't need 20 people. You can you can have five people. You can have 10 people and get yourself an influencer group and you'll be so happy you did. And they don't have to have 80,000 followers. They just have to be passionate for whatever industry you're in. Um and just you'll you'll grow with them and you'll learn with them and you can send them product to try or whatever or hey look at this or can we ask your opinion on that and whatever it may be and people love giving their opinion <laughs> you know <laughs> so um, yes, you don't need to spend you know a lot of money with influencers either you know someone's asking for five hundred dollars a post or ten thousand dollars a post we've heard. Um, Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're just looking for people who are passionate in your space who want to work with you. And, and they are out there. You just have to find them. Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes they find you, you know, sometimes your people gravitate to you as a brand, too. You know, if you put yourself out there, they your tribe finds you. And it's a great thing when that happens. Um, so yeah, don't every- ignore it. Exactly. Yeah, don't ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> engage, 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 definitely. And reward, right? And reward them for yeah. engaging as well. Um, so Michelle, where should where should people find you if they want to know more about you and your business? Where's the best place? Is it bulletproofmediablog.com? Yes, I am revamping my website. So hopefully that'll be done soon. And I'm on Instagram as Lady Sportsman. Um, Lady Sportsman is what I started on Twitter with when I worked for Sportsman Channel back in the day. And I just thought it was very fitting since I was one of the very few females that worked at the company. Even when the company got up to 50 employees, there's only like <laughs> five women. <laughs> so still unique. So I was the, yeah, I was the Lady Sportsman. So I always just sort of kept it. It was fun. That's great. So I do encourage everyone to engage with Michelle on Lady Sportsman and BulletproofMediaBlog.com. Michelle, thanks for being on today. It was great to have you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks to my producer, George, and join me right here next week for another edition of First Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one.
The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 